0: Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Javier Escobedo, Managing Partner of Olay. Today we will discuss the evolution of the Hispanic advertising business. Javier started his career in Mexico as an entry-level brand assistant at Procter & Gamble in 1990, working for Zest Soap and then for Pert Plus Shampoo. His launch of the Pantene line of hair care products in Mexico and Latin America gave him his first glimpse of the international marketplace. Afterward, as a brand manager of Downey Fabric Softener, he led his first North American marketing team. He continued to rise through the ranks to manage food products, including Pringles and Sunny Delight. He describes his area of expertise as launching new products profitably and returning struggling brands to a growth and profitability path. In 1995, he joined Microsoft to lead international planning for its consumer products in Latin America and Spain. Based in Florida over the next five years, Javier turned the business around, taking it to profitability based on a totally revamped product lineup. This landed him a position leading MSN planning for the general market at Microsoft's corporate headquarters in Redmond, Washington. After that, his Hispanic roots drove him to the Spanish-speaking market again. In 2001, he joined Univision's online division in New York as vice president of marketing. He was in charge of the marketing, advertising, media, customer service, and e-commerce functions while he was there. Javier has a cum laude MBA from the University of Chicago's Graduate School of Business. Javier, welcome. Hi, how are you? Hi,
1: everybody. And happy to be here.
0: Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Javier, what what does a managing partner of an advertising agency do? What what is your job? It's
1: uh, actually the, the the name is very descriptive. On one side I manage the business and on the other on the other hand I have a, a partnership uh, interest in the company. So I I I manage the, the day-to-day operation, and I actually have a little bit to do with everything that goes on in the agency on a, on a day-to-day basis. So I, I, I put my little, try to put my little grain of salt in everything from the creative product to the strategic product all the way down to the administration and the, and the day-to-day operation of the agency.
0: So you really have your hand on the pulse of what's going on, not only in the agency, but also in the industry.
1: This, yeah, the, the industry we we compete in a market that is incredibly uh, interesting and dynamic, and we need to. I, I guess everybody that that's part of this market keeps um, keeps uh, near to the ground to see what's going on. So yeah, we try to keep abreast as much as we can of our competition, and and we do so not only for ourselves but also for our clients.
0: Now, the the industry itself, Javier, has changed a lot. I'd say in the last ten or twenty years many of the agencies that were originally founded and that grew under Latino ownership began to evolve, and many of those also started to be bought out as the market grew and the potential for revenues increased. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, actually,
1: the market has evolved very interestingly. Way back when, uh, when when Hispanic was just uh, being born, um, there were there, there were not many clients that wanted to invest in the Hispanic market. So in those beginnings, a lot of the work that was done by the pioneers of this market was actually to convince companies to come into the Hispanic market and to advertise in Spanish. Uh, it wasn't uh, we didn't have the census information that we have today. It was a very very niche thing. So at that point, uh, there were there were many people that founded their agencies. Started looking for ways to become relevant in the in the space and in the market. And then what started happening with time and with the consolidation in the industry on the Anglo side and worldwide is that, um, and, and, and when at the same time clients started realizing that Hispanic was becoming increasingly important, is that some of these pioneer agencies started uh, becoming part of the worldwide conglomerate. And uh, I don't think it's a, I think that very It's it's a very telling sign that the the market is maturing, the Hispanic market is maturing, and that uh, the worldwide companies are interested uh, more and more each day to provide integral services to their clients. And they usually have clients that require those worldwide uh, big guns kind of kind of service. Uh, But at the same time, what has happened, and I think it's a natural evolution of Hispanic, I mean, of uh, advertising agencies in general. Is that some of the key people of the of the agencies that are bigger tend to uh, take their own part, part ways and take their own route and start building their own agencies and and that's the tradition of how we, the advertising world works from the agency side and that's what I think keeps the the whole market um, alive and vibrant. It is new people coming in and setting up on their own and then growing and being bought or, or merging with other people. And it's it's kind of a food chain, and it it has happened like like that for a long time. And right now we're in a, in, in a very solid footing uh, with with a with a Hispanic agency uh, market in which we have uh, things or, or agencies all the way um, at the top of the the conglomerate worldwide uh, companies. Uh, in, and, and the ownership of those are by the world conglomerates, they, they, you know, Gray and Bromley, and and, and and some of the bigger guys. And then we have all the way down, so passing through, inde- large independent Hispanic agencies, all the way down to 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 us that we're not so young anymore. We're about four years old, so we're we're starting to not be the 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 new the new shop. All the way down to every year we see four, five, six, seven new new agencies starting. So. It's a very dynamic business but I think what what you're seeing is is, is maturity and growth um, and not necessarily a, a loss of any of the of the of the spirit of the, of the hispanic uh, of the Hispanic spirit of the agency
0: about how many agencies are we talking about if we refer specifically to the u s hispanic market how many advertising agencies are dedicated or specialized in that market
1: I am going to Venture to say a number, even though I don't have an exact number. But I'm going to say in the in the legs of 200. Uh, but just to give you some perspective, um, there are uh, the the ranking that a uh, advertising age does every year has the 50 largest agencies, and the, uh, when they, you get to the bottom of those 50, they they are increasingly smaller. So um, there are a lot of it's like any any business, the the pyramid in which the lower end of the scale has a lot of very, very small shops, either local or regional, or, or very focused on a, on a couple of clients. But um, I'm going to say it's about 200, 200 shops.
0: And how many of those 200, would you guess, are Hispanic-owned still?
1: It's, uh, that's, a, that's an interesting question. depends... Uh, The answer can be given in a different way Depends on how you count If you count straight in terms of the number of shops And you count as one door Bromley or Bravo uh, The way you would uh, Mr. Gonzalez's shop down in Albuquerque uh, Then I would say that that a majority of them are going to be Hispanic owned Because all these small Hispanic shops are usually owned by Hispanics It would be very, very, very... a Chinese guy to have a Hispanic advertising agency. So usually also the Hispanics that have our own Hispanic shops. Now when you talk about dollars um again I don't have a figure but I'm going to say that that probably half to 60% of the dollars are controlled by Hispanic shops in general and then the rest are controlled by 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 conglomerate.
0: That half are controlled
1: by Hispanics? No, yeah about 2 I'm going to say that probably 60% of the of the revenue that's generated in the market is controlled by Hispanic agencies, because there are some very, very large independent Hispanic owned and Hispanic operating independent agencies. It, it depends on how you look. You have, let me just give you the top ten from the 2006 Advertising Gauge ranking. Number one is Bromley, which is Publicis, two is Bravo, three is Global Hill. And four is uh, DFK. All of those four are, owned, are are independently owned. Then you have number five, which is without partnership, which is probably the, the shop that grew the most this year, and it's completely independent. I wouldn't be surprised if it's number two or, or number three this year. And then um, you have action marketing, which isn't public, and you have Lopez Negrete, which just retained Walmart. Um, and you have, uh, then you have Lapis, which is publicist, part of the Overnet also. And they have Zubi and La Agencia de Both of those are independent. So if you take a look at the top ten, you have um, one, two, three, four independents and and six uh, conglomerates.
0: And that's just the top ten. So that's 60% of the largest agencies are owned by conglomerates.
1: Exactly. And we need to work the numbers, and I will make an interesting topic I need to get appropriately prepared for the future. But I am just going to say that that even though a lot of the of the revenue is currently controlled by big conglomerates, and there are uh, Hispanic entrepreneurs that started small that have grown their agencies tremendously over years and, years and years and years, and that are still alive and kicking and definitely independent. So, by no means would I characterize the the market as as being totally eaten up. By the, by the worldwide conglomerates. And the other interesting thing is I think each one of these players serves uh, a, an important purpose in the whole market. I mean, we, it's important to have all of those pieces in there. So in my particular point of view is that there is no, um, no trend toward a negative side, I mean, in terms of, of losing our Hispanic spirit or Hispanic ownership or, or Hispanic entrepreneur, entrepreneurial vein at this point, at I least. Mean.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about that last point that you made because that sounds really interesting. Does the ownership of the agencies affect the content and the spirit, as you described it, of their product, their advertising product? What would you say in your experience is the role that that ownership plays and and what kind of an effect does it have on the end product?
1: I think each case is different. Uh, the, the ownership per se does not mean that there's going to be a change. Uh, there are some cases in which agencies are bought out in a way that the old management is on the way out, and the new management that comes in may be more corporate and may or may not be Hispanic. In other cases, in the conglomerates buy a piece of agencies uh, as as part of rounding up a portfolio in a way that they keep the current management and and touch it very little. The case of Omnicom, for example, when they buy shops there, I really, really admire Omnicom, and I think it's a great uh, a, a great holding company, and they keep a lot of the, the spirit and flavor of each of the shops that they buy, and they just let them run. And then they help them feed on each other and, 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 and do this, this brotherly uh, relationship. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean one or the other. In some particular cases, it will mean that there will be new management, and, and again, the management may or may not be Hispanic. In other cases, it means that the, that, that the conglomerates just bring structure and support and, and resources, but they, they leave the management alone. So there's examples of both sides, and, and again, as I was saying, I think both of them serve a particular purpose, different purpose, and I think it's good that we have both of those instances in the market because it means it's maturing. We have more and more examples of... of business is coming right along.
0: If we look at the beginning of the industry, the Hispanic advertising industry, and where we are today, how would you describe us in that process, and how would you characterize, in other words, the state of the Hispanic advertising business?
1: I think it is um, growing by leaps and bounds, and it is starting to mature little by little and and I think it's become incredibly it's it become from a niche um, a, a market and a, a niche segment in which we needed to convince uh, marketers that they needed to to invest in hispanic and we've we've well, moved on to a situation in which almost every single marketer out there realizes that they need to do something about the hispanic market so uh, what was for many years the the flagship uh, selling point of, uh, our, of Hispanic advertising agencies is not necessary anymore. So the good thing is that with that maturing of the, of the general market and the general uh, 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 marketing management population out there, what we are having is a great opportunity to do good work because now we don't need to go in there and justify uh, having a campaign for Hispanic by having to put mariachis in it, or, or or having certain absolutely Hispanic things, because it was the only way of, of of getting Hispanic campaign done. Right now, there's a realization that there's Hispanic insights that don't necessarily have uh, sombreros in them, and, and 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 that there is a there's a there's a, there's a hunger in the market to start doing better and better and better work. And I think it, it, it's a great. It, it's a great evolution, and it's just the start of it. So, uh, the the way it is, in in my view, is that right now the market's starting to consolidate, and it's starting to focus on doing world class work from a creative and and a, and a business building uh, point of view. We still have a very very long way to go, but at least right now we're in a position to build those 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 great. Insights, and then from that build those great campaigns that can compete with the best campaigns in the world. And we have the talent, and and we have the the focus, and we have the resources, definitely because of the size of the market. So my expectation is that this market is going to continue on that track uh, in a way that in a few years it's it's going to be a, a, a hopefully a world power in, um, in 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 creative work. So that's that's where I think it's going. You didn't ask me that, but. <laughs> But I kind of just jumped to it, but I think that's kind of the trajectory
0: that's following. You talked about how it was really difficult at the beginning to convince marketers that this was a market worth pursuing. These days, when you go out there to try to win an account or to convince a client that they should dedicate part of their budget to reaching Latino consumers, what kind of reactions are you seeing? I know that we're all very enthused in our little corner of the world, but I still hear a lot of non-believers out there in the mainstream. I still hear a lot of people saying that Hispanics are going to assimilate the way other immigrant groups have assimilated. Are they really receptive when you approach them? Are they approaching you? How do you see things out there?
1: It's a, I think you touched on multiple subjects on, on your, your interesting question. First, let me just clarify something I mean, in terms of the assimilation. My particular point of view is that the assimilation the same way um, that, that the, the Italian community did or the Polish community did uh, a few years back is probably not going to happen in the Hispanic space, uh, mostly because of the way the migration has happened, uh, and another reason is because of, of, of the distance and how you can come and go and uh, you can have temporary migration. So That's another thing in which in which there is there is uh, an interest by the Hispanic community to maintain our roots and our culture, whereas in some of the cases there the most important thing when people came here uh, in the 40s and before 20s and, and the beginning of the century the the the, uh, the most important task at hand was to assimilate and to to go into the new home so my particular point of view is that we will continue having second and third generation people, but it, there, there will continue to be an influx and, and there will continue to be a Hispanic market, uh, I mean, in terms of the language. And, um, and uh, how, how bilingual is it going to be? Is it going to be like Canada? I don't know. Um, but there, there definitely, uh, I, I, you know, there are a few similarities with, with the European influx uh, from the beginning of the century and in the, the middle of this century. A culturally, it is a very, very different situation, and I don't think it's going to follow the same path just because the the, the players, uh, and by that I mean countries and the, and the, the state of the world is just completely different than than back then. So I I think it's a you know with all due respect a little naive to say that. Um, that the current uh, uh, population migration is going to behave like it did 40 or 50 years ago, you know, in the, in the age of the jet and in the age of uh, of, uh, of better communication. So again, just that's one little parenthesis. Um, the other question that you were asking is in terms of you know, there are lots of skeptics and a lot of people that don't that don't believe in this yet, and I don't doubt that. Let me uh, tell you the way I see it from my my business perspective is I have uh, had the fortune of Usually, talking to people that are already sold because by the time I get a call, I usually don't get a call from a skeptic uh, because those guys don't even want to talk to me. But the, the people that, that call us are people that realize that there is uh, a market out there and they're interested and intrigued by it. Now, you, you're saying uh, what the state of the business is there, what happens when you go to a pitch, when, you have to, when, you, when you're talking to clients, it is a very competitive market out, they're very, very competitive, and what I feel that the clients are looking at is how savvy you are in the market, because they know that the market's important, and they don't necessarily speak the language, and they don't necessarily know the insights, so they, when they talk to you, they want to be 100% sure that you are the right person to to help them navigate in a place that they don't really understand, and it, they don't understand the language, and again, they don't have the insight. insights. So, um, what I think happens is that, that clients are requiring from Hispanic agencies a level of trust and confidence that's a, that higher than anything I've ever seen. I mean, they, they want us to be there, they want us to be their partners, and they want us to know what the heck we're doing. So I, I, I um, and, and that's what we try to do when we go in, into, into client meetings and pitches, and, and even with our every, everyday uh, dealings with clients, we try to make them feel at ease. That we are doing our homework, we're learning about the market, and we're keeping abreast of things, so they can trust us, and we can and we can navigate that shit for them. So right now, you see, uh, as I was saying, it's a very competitive market because a lot of agencies are good at it. I mean, uh, kudos to a lot of the of our of our of my competitors out there because they're really doing great work, uh, and they're really keeping abreast, and they're really keeping clients happy. So um, it is very, very, very competitive.
0: Is it competitive in terms of the dollars that are available out there in terms of someone selecting which agency they want to work with? Is that what you mean?
1: So uh, Basically what I meant is every dollar that's out there in play has multiple people after it and multiple talented people after it. So in some cases I'm a better fit so they'll hire me. In some cases some other of my competitors will be a better fit and they'll hire excuse me. They'll hire them. But in in most of the in most of the cases, there, there are multiple people after every dollar, and every one of those, or almost everyone that is pursuing that dollar is very capable, and 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 is very uh, is very good at what he or she does. So that's what makes it competitive. You need to to be on your toes, and know the market well, and and be prepared to compete vigorously. And and I think that that's a. That's something that uh, I don't mean to say it doesn't happen in the Anglo market, but it just tells you, tells you a lot about how uh, vibrant and how, how alive the Hispanic advertising market is right now.
0: What percentage of advertising dollars would you say that is the average expenditure on the Hispanic market today?
1: Unfortunately, it's very, very low. It's, it's a, the last numbers I've seen was an average of about 3% of the total or the total advertising money, but it then goes up to about uh, 10% when you when you take as a universe the people that are, that are in Hispanic. So it, 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 once they are in there, it's about probably 10%, and a lot of it's still going on TV. And it's starting to diversify little by little, but it's still very little. And if you just do the numbers and you think about the, if the percentage of the population that is Hispanic, and if you're thinking of, of an average product, not a high-end product, because the the, the acquisition power of the Hispanic on on on, on aggregate is less than the Anglo population, or a fair share is lower. Um, if you just take a look at the number of, of or, uh, at the percentage of the population that is Hispanic, we're underspending in Hispanic. Uh, but that is something to 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 tackle little by little, and it's going to change uh, over time. But the idea is that as as Hispanics are um, they are better consumers or, or, or more avid consumers of certain categories, that those categories will start investing more and more in Hispanic. But right now, uh, people are under investing in in Hispanic, even though that's growing uh, very rapidly. At least from the clients that are getting good results in, with their initi- Hispanic initiatives, Hispanic initiatives they, the the growth and investment
0: is is significant. In that very competitive environment that you describe, Javier, where only 3% of the advertising dollars are being dedicated to Hispanic consumers, and if I understood correctly, most of that is going to television advertising, are Hispanic-owned agencies on par with the conglomerate-owned agencies? Are you able to remain competitive, or do they have an edge?
1: No, I, I think, and again, depends on what the client needs. If the client, let me just give you a quick example of, 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 of how I don't think it, it can really be applied straightforward. If the client wants a worldwide campaign that they have in 52 countries to be applied by yet another shop, but now for the U.S. Hispanic and just applying the insights, you need a conglomerate that's going to be able to go um, and, and communicate in the same systems and the same... Uh, in the same uh, environment as a as big conglomerate, and those are some cases in which it's really, really efficient to have uh, an agency as part of a conglomerate, so it, 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 it doesn't, each agency has its own benefits for different clients based on the situation. Now having said that, in, in terms of the market knowledge and in terms of the resources, some of the independent Hispanic advertising agencies are incredibly savvy. Have a lot of resources. They're well funded. Uh, we're, we're definitely at par, and in some cases, in, in even better shape because of of how swiftly the the, the independence can move. But uh, we're definitely at par. There is even though the, the the being part of a worldwide conglomerate does bring in certain advantages. There are specific advantages that that, that are good for certain clients for certain reasons. It's, it's not. Not a not a slam dunk. That just because you're you're bigger, you're going to have bigger resources you are going to dwarf some of the other agencies. I mean, some of the independent.
0: Going back to to what you said a moment ago about where the dollars are going. If they're advertising on television, at least until recently, that meant mostly in Spanish. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes, that's
0: correct. So it it. Does that mean that the vast majority of the advertising dollars today are still being dedicated to reaching Spanish dominant television viewers?
1: Yes, yes, that is, that is the case. And um, the the more of the consumers or the more of the target audience of a, of a brand uh, that that are purely Spanish dominant, the more they will be interested to do. The, the older way that that, that really targets um, Spanish dominant consumers, because uh, b- almost by definition the bilinguals and uh, the English dominants are being exposed to the same marketers' messages uh, in the general market media. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of in some particular instances where a big opportunity comes from the from the Spanish dominance. Yes, there, there will be a lot of money put into it. But that, in, in other cases, we've been seeing that, that when the Hispanic consumer base for a client goes across the board, they will bend a, a, over backwards to make sure that the messages make sense between Anglo and, and Hispanic because, because consumers are going to be seeing both. But, uh, yeah, Spanish domain I is continuing to be a, a, a big chunk of the population, a big chunk of the dollar, especially for more of the everyday lower end kind of product
0: according to some of the data that i've seen lately the vast majority of the market is either english-dominant or bilingual with only about thirty percent of the market or less being spanish-dominant only And other studies indicate that the more acculturated the hispanic the higher their income is likely to be if that information is correct Are there any indications that Hispanic-oriented advertisers are going to be looking at those more acculturated, higher-income, bilingual, or English-dominant consumers?
1: Um, And I I, I completely agree with your numbers. Everything that I have points to about the same, about one-third Spanish-dominant, one-third bilingual, one-third English-dominant. And that it it looks very, very evenly split when you look at it from a from a ten thousand point ten thousand foot view. As you dive in, you start seeing that exactly the, as you say, the higher the income, the the higher the chances that uh, that consumers are going to be either bilingual or English dominant. And it kind of makes sense. It's really hard to be a, a well educated or have a very high income if you don't speak the language of the country. So, and and then it, another interesting way of looking at it is in terms of tenure and, and how long people have been here in the U.S., and also the the, the higher likelihood of people uh, being spanish is of the more recent arrivals. So what's, what happens is you have a funnel of people really being acculturated and, and going into the market. So, what happens is that if you're a marketer, you don't really care about the big numbers. You don't care about the, the 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 big general population numbers of one third, one third, one third, as we were just saying. You care a lot more about what your particular target is is doing and how they're behaving. And say that you, for example, you're a car manufacturer and you have a high-end car. You are of course going to be looking at at some of the some of the of the, uh, the the segment of the population that's a lot more acculturated, and for example, if you if you again go you're a car manufacturer and you have big cars, big SUVs, you're going to be trying to look at the people that have the larger the larger families and the larger income. So um, it, it it really depends on the client if those numbers uh, are true or not true. So what one of the things we really stress with customers uh, with our with our with our uh, clients. Is that we do a really good analysis of understanding what the what the dynamics are of, of the particular market segment? Because you'd it, be surprised how much it changes when you dive a little bit into the into the numbers.
0: What about age and other segmentation techniques? Are they playing a significant role, or is it still pretty much an across-the-board swipe with that broadcast focus?
1: It also depends on the client and on the product. For example, just let me just give you a very simple one, which is crucial, which is alcohol. Uh, our alcohol clients, it's just absolutely crucial that we don't go one day below 21 years old. Um, in in uh, in other cases, like financial services, when, when when we have we have had the 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 opportunity to to push products for the unbanked. Then we we try to go for the younger population, not necessarily for for the older, more acculturated. So, it it uh, in terms of the TV investment, it depends uh, on on what you're trying to do in, in in terms of marketing strategy. It depends on your age group, and it depends also on your on your language preference. So, there is the 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 TV investment has just is just a very very powerful tool because uh, if you take a look at Univision and they've, they've, they've been in the high 70s and sometimes in the 80% share, it is a very, when you have a product that you want to reach, that, that you have you want the product to reach the, the majority of the population, it's a very efficient method. Um, now, that doesn't mean it works for all the clients, but uh, in general, if you want to have a broad reach, there's nothing like TV. And my Point of view in, in that house. The, as I always tell clients when we're talking media, is I tell them that the the way the, the the media landscape looks in Anglo right now, I mean, looks in Hispanic right now, is similar to the way that that it was that it looked in in, in Anglo 20 years ago uh, when you just had the three networks and you had limited limited uh, outlets and there was nothing that was as and as is one of the big networks.
0: What does that mean in terms of, if we go back to the early part of the conversation, to the business of advertising to Hispanics? How does that landscape affect the business of advertising to Hispanics?
1: I think it, it, it affects it right now more than ever. It, it, it really keeps us on our toes. There are so many options that for a while, it was just getting people to come on board into the Hispanic Promise, uh, trying to get them to put a little budget, and then it was basically TV from there. Now that that, the, or that most of the marketers are realizing the power of Hispanic, it is more about um, coming up with good programs that may include a bunch of different vehicles, and doing that Requires a lot of expertise, a lot of savviness, a lot of knowledge, a lot of talented people. So clients are expecting something a lot broader and a lot more robust than just a TV plan. I I can't remember the last time I I I was in front of a client and and and, and the only thing I had was just 100% TV, and that was that. We 100% of the time right now. We come in with integrated plans that, that touch all different sorts of media and that have all different kinds of tactics to reach people in an integral way with different kinds of messaging in the, in the, at, the, at the right moment. So what, what the changing landscape and the move away from TV, that, which is happening not only Hispanic, it's happening across the board, with how sophisticated the market is, 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 is becoming, with how much the, 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 the budgets have grown, it just keeps us on our toes. So, that, that's and, and as, as you were saying, this kind of ties back to the beginning of the conversation, in which it, this is this is a time in which we need to be smart and we need to be intelligent, because clients require it and and it's good. I mean, the more we need to we're forced to exercise our, our neurons and our brains, uh, the 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 better we're going to be and, and the more we're going to be able to to supply the market.
0: Javier, you talked a moment ago, and and we go back and forth to the broadcast and the segmenting of the media. Would you expand a little bit on that? When you approach the client with a proposal, how would you, as a general rule, I know that there's no magic cookie-cutter formula, but how would you, as a general rule, present the division of media options um, would it be like fifty percent broadcast or seventy percent broadcast, and and what would the rest of the makeup look like?
1: Yeah, one what, what, one thing is where the where the investments are today, and the, the, in general the the way it, it's set up is there's there's a significant portion of the investment that goes into TV. I'm going to try to look for the numbers as we speak. But the, but what's happening right now is there are multiple. Vehicles that clients want to be a, a piece or want a piece of, they clients are asking us to place money here and there and, and in in all the different kinds of vehicles that are coming along, so they can um, so they can test the waters. So right now, the internet is really becoming strong, and there's some very very solid players in 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 internet. Uh, there are very good uh, alternatives in radio today. I believe we have big problems in print, big, big problems uh, that have uh, a root in in the Hispanic uh, general trend in the culture of reading very little. But in general, the print media leaves much to be desired. It is very hard to target very specific demos yeah, demographic uh, groups in um, in print, so that that that's a piece that's really suffering. But radio is very robust. Internet, I think, is coming right along, and there's great uh, great offerings. And each of the big players has has their own things. And there's there's US Hispanic specific um, alternatives like Univision.com that are that are absolutely great. Uh, and again, TV has always been good, and the quality of programming is sometimes getting better, but Still, need a lot to be desired, but a lot of growth is coming from cable, for example. And then, in TV, the, the last thing that I now that I mentioned cable, cable is regrowing, and there are more and more alternatives of original programming, and at the same time, of angle programming that has a SAP, the, the the secondary audio program. So there's a lot more offerings out there um, of of a, an, an alternatives on TV that go beyond the telenovela of, of the broadcast open air network.
0: Mainstream media in general are suffering from what I call the Blinder Syndrome. In other words, they're losing readership in the major newspapers across the board. All the major newspapers are losing readership, and they're having to let go of their editorial staff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're being assaulted by all of these credibility issues. Mm-hmm. And likewise, with television and cable, a lot of the audience is seeking alternatives, partly because of programming, lackluster programming, if we want to call it, partly because the new generation is very multimedia-focused. How would you describe the Spanish dominant? Because it sounds like that's where most of the focus is in Hispanic advertising today, if I understand correctly. How would you describe the media landscape in comparison to the mainstream media that is suffering from these, this loss of audience?
1: And, and before I answer that, let me go back. I found the information about the, the, the split, the 2,000 split in different media, and it's about 66, 65% in TV. Uh, then we don't go down to about 21% in radio. So those two together are 76%, I mean 86%. And then you go to newspapers at 8.6 percent, magazines 2.8, and then out of home 2.4. So uh, between TV and radio, uh, you know, that's, that's 86% of your investment.
0: Would you say that again, Javier, 65% TV? 65,
1: 65% of the media, the Hispanic media ad spending goes into TV, and and 21% goes into radio. So between TV and radio, so that's broadcast media, that's 86.2%.
0: And how is the rest broken down?
1: Um, Newspapers, 8.6, magazines, 2.8, and out of home, 2.4. And the rest of the guys are just too small.
0: What was the last one that was 2.4? Out
1: out of home or billboards and and,
0: uh,
1: public transit.
0: So the Internet doesn't even figure in these... Not yet. And this breakdown. And this was the 2006 data?
1: Yeah, this is, this is actually, this comes from uh, TNS Media Intelligence as published by Advertising Age uh, in their uh, Guide to Hispanic Marketing and Media 2006 edition. So in any event, but that's, that's, that's a good segue into, the, into, your, into your question, is right, right now um, if, if, if you take a look at something we we'll call media consumption, and you take a look at the market on average, and the number of media hours they consume per week, it is pretty much fifty-fifty between Anglo, and uh, I mean English and Spanish language. And the reason for that, uh, and and for TV, it's slightly more uh, in English than in Spanish. And then in radio, it's a lot more in Spanish than in English. And it has to do precisely with that, with the, with the quality of the content. When you take a look at your English language, you have 800 channels, and when you look at your, take a look at your angle, you have 27 pops, and some of those are very dubious quality. So what's going to happen, in my point of view, is that there will continue to be a development towards better and better programming, and you take a look at Discovery, um, and, and they're, they're actually building a lot of programming that is very specific for, Latin, for, for either Latin America and or the, the Hispanic population. Um, and and there's there's I just saw a program last night in Nickelodeon uh, on the on the Mexican Latin feed uh, with Kalimba one of this this this, this 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 great singer, and it's a sitcom and it's it's and it, it wasn't half bad. I mean it was pretty good. So it's coming right along. It's going to take a while, uh, and it's it's all an economics issue. The more money goes goes in there, and the the larger the pie goes. And the more demand there is for more sophisticated programming, the more it will come. But I think it will definitely come.
0: And you said, if I understood correctly, that 50% of the Hispanic consumers were watching media in English or consuming media in English. No, in the- it's,
1: it's, it's, no the, actually the number is, is, is a little different. It's, um, a Hispanic consumer, and I, I again, I'll pull, pull the numbers for you. But the, uh, say of a hundred percent of the hours you watch in a week, or you or you consume of media during a week, about half of those are in English and half of
0: those are in Spanish. Is that all media or broadcast? All media, all media. And is that so all Hispanics or Spanish dominant? That that is all
1: Hispanics on average, because in general. The bilinguals and, and English dominant consume more media, and I don't. And, and this last last comment, is my my personal point of view, is because probably have more leisure time.
0: The bilingual and the English dominant consume more media. Yeah. What percentage of the advertising dollars are spent on English or bilingual media outlets?
1: That is very hard to measure. Because you really don't know that, because there is no way of looking at the, the advertiser. Just go back to the just go back to the three or or ten percent numbers I would talked about a few minutes ago. It, they don't. It, it's not broken out that way. I mean, with with uh, with your different uh, media vehicles, they really don't know how much is going where, so you can't really know it that way, but. Let me go back to the media consumption. I think I pulled, pulled out some numbers that may of, may be of interest to you. What basically happens is that we, uh, when you when you when you take a look at the total media that is consumed out there, and you take a look at at how uh, how many hours people spend on TV and on radio, you will see that that most of the a, most of the time that they spend is on, on uh, in watching t v and that 's kind of what we do more as as a as a group and then and i 'm going to give you the exact percentages in just a seconds um, and and then the second thing that we use the most is radio and then after that way way down is how much we read, so there 's almost no um, Uh, almost no consumption at all of anything that's printed.
0: Are there any specialty areas? Are there agencies that have particular areas of competency or areas where they have a strength, whether because of their geographic location or their staff, or maybe even, and this is something that we haven't gone into very much, segmentation by country of origin? Of course, we know the vast majority of the market is Mexican-American, but we also know that a part of the market with the highest spending power, buying power, is from other countries sometimes, particularly noteworthy in that is the Cuban-American population in South Florida. Are there agencies that have specialty areas? And if so, can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: It's... um there are areas of expertise uh, on the, what I call the vertical side and on the horizontal side. Uh, what I call the vertical side is by different business verticals and different areas, uh, say, say agencies are becoming experts on tourism, that are becoming experts on healthcare, experts on this and on that, but that's starting to happen. And 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 that we're seeing more and more as the market matures and there's more need for it. So that's something that definitely will 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 continue to happen. Uh, the other is what I call the horizontal special, uh, specialists, which are people uh, that that specialize in a particular ethnicity, and in uh, as you were saying, Cuba and this and that. I think that has existed for a long time. I don't know how many people would call themselves. Uh, a Cuban advertising agency, even though some people may, may do or Dominican or whatever, it just so happens that we kind of tend to cluster together, and and we and we attract people of our of our of of our same interest. So it does happen for us, for example, that we have a multiple Mexican clients because it, uh, there's a lot of people in the agency from Mexico. I'm from Mexico myself. Uh, we have a, an office in Mexico, so on and so forth. So so the potential. Uh, for us landing a client that has offices in Mexico that will feel comfortable with a Mexican group are high. That doesn't mean we're specialized in Mexican things, but uh, there are some people that are. None of the bigger ones. And just by definition, if you if you're one of the big, biggest agencies, you're 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 not a niche agency. But, uh, the the, ethnic, the 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 specific ethnicity situation has been happening for a while. Uh, the, this is, uh, whereas the the, the new trend is, is, is more and more getting specialist agencies. Uh, and now the the, the, the the last thing that's going to happen or the, the newest thing that's going to happen is specialist by media. So we're starting to see Hispanic agencies that are specialists in in online or that are specialists in, in print or in outdoor and some other things, a little bit like what happens in Anglo, that you can find specialists in almost every single area that you could think of. I, I just want to make one parenthesis. I, I finally found the numbers I was talking to you about uh, in terms of, of, uh, of uh, consumptions. Uh, and, and basically the, the average Hispanic male, and this is, this is the number from Cinovate, uh, it's a 2004 number, but I'm, I'm going to guess it hasn't changed that much. Uh, the average Hispanic male uh, consumes 25 hours uh, per week of uh, TV in Spanish and 26 hours in English and uh and that's that's thirty five to fifty four it changes a little bit uh with age uh, as as we grow older we watch we consume more media and then from that uh we we're, we're, uh, so it's pretty much half and half between spanish and english and then when you take a look at english media uh fifty percent of what we consume is t v and then just nineteen percent radio and when you go and look at spanish media. 44 percent of what we consume is, is TV and then 36 percent radio. So there is there's a, there, that's a lot of numbers there, but just basically the conclusion is that the consumption of radio in Spanish is is large. The consumption of, of English media uh, is is large. So it, I think the bottom line or the the main message of that is that for marketers trying to reach Hispanics, they they shouldn't keep um, English language media especially TV of the, uh, you know, of the, of, the, of the marketing plan. And it's has got a little counterintuitive, but, yeah, there are a lot of Mexicans that are watching, or a lot of Hispanics, and a lot of uh, Dominicans and Cubans that are watching uh, Lost, and they're watching uh, uh, Desperate Housewives and all those those good programs.
0: For someone who is trying to get their arms around this whole concept, what suggestions would you share with them? What three tips would you share with them on how to go about selecting an advertising agency or agencies?
1: There's one, I, and I think this is the absolute most important thing and it's going to sound obvious but we unfortunately encounter that the answer the question is not, doesn't have an answer when we first meet the client and the first thing is know what you want. We, we have found a lot of uh, very difficult uh, uh, new business cases in which a client really doesn't know what what they want. And that's a big problem and there needs to be a very good definition of what they want in terms of the size of the agency, in terms of the type of creative they go, in the type of capabilities they, they need and, and uh, by the time they start looking for an agency, Clients should usually have a very good understanding of why it is that Hispanic seems like an interesting opportunity, um, whereas if they just want to see if Hispanic is an interesting opportunity then then the answer is a management consultant, not an advertising agency. It just happens that we we have a management consultant arm and sometimes we we'll go into clients and and help them size the opportunity and, and and do some business analysis, but not all not all agencies do that so uh, I would I would say that that the first thing that needs to happen there needs to be a very clear understanding what the challenge is, uh, what what the type of agency that's going to do a good job is, and then go in there and, and search for those. And as, as I mentioned a couple of times before, there are agencies of all types and sizes and and, and different uh, levels of expertise in different things. So if a client knows what they want, they're going to find it, but it's really important to go in there and, and just try to do it. It's not enough to go in there and say, Hispanic kind of sounds interesting, let me open up a review, because uh, then you end up not not getting the exact thing you need, or devoting um, too many resources into trying to look for an agency when, when the challenge is still not very well uh,
0: If I understand correctly, that your two suggestions are first and foremost that they should have specific goals as to what they want and what they're trying to accomplish with the Hispanic market, and then what kind of agency they want to work with. Yes. What is the entry point in terms of dollars? If, if someone is just wanting to take baby steps, what is the minimum that they could invest and still launch an advertising campaign?
1: I think one dollar. I mean, there are agencies for everything, and they're all sizes and shapes and different challenges and, and, and that, 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 that are interesting. The agencies are not necessarily driven by the money. Sometimes the challenge is interesting enough for strategic reasons that a smaller budget will do. Um, there is really no no hurdle. There's some people that they may just be the owner of a pickup taco place, and they may just go for a for a for a yellow pages ad. That's advertising. That's Hispanic advertising. That's small thing you can do. Maybe you're a worldwide conglomerate and you want to you want to spend a hundred million dollars. That's also fine. So I think it's more about understanding that you're that that Hispanic is a market that have a good return on investment. And then it, all, it has to do with the size of your your business. But uh, it is, it, I, I, w- I would definitely stress that there's no minimum.
0: Javier, thank you so much for joining us today all the way from Mexico.
1: Thank you. It's my pleasure. And we're, I'm, I'm, uh, e- even though I, I spend my, most of my time in New York, uh, in the winter, whenever I can, I escape to Mexico and come to the 70-degree weather. And uh, I do it the other way around during the summer. But thank you so much for having me.
0: And to our audience, thank you for listening to Javier Escobedo, managing partner of OLE, about the evolution of, his, of the Hispanic advertising business. Brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com, providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the hispanic mpr website if you or someone you know would like to be on the show you can email me directly at editor at hispanic m p r dot com that's editor at hispanic m p r dot com and our website is www hispanic dot com for more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com. That's www.hispanicmpr.com.